I'm Elaine Shannon. I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where we inspire and empower you to connect more soulfully to yourself. In this episode of Soul Sister Conversations, Heather Purcell, a health coach and certified Kripalu Mindful Outdoor Guide, speaks to us about the power of connecting with nature. She recalls the cycling accidents that affected both herself and her husband that initiated a journey of awakening. In this episode, we take you on a journey inward by going outward into nature. Good afternoon, Dana. Good afternoon, Elaine. Well, here we are for another episode of our Summer Soul series. Yes. I'm pretty excited. Which I am thoroughly enjoying the conversations that we're having this summer. They're great. And uh, so our next guest is Heather Purcell, who is a certified health and wellness coach who has more than 25 years experience in teaching, guiding, motivating, and inspiring individuals toward optimal health and wellness. If I could read, it'd be good. Over the last five years, her passion has shifted to the connection of mind and body medicine, the power of nature, love that, and their positive effects on our physical and mental health. So recently, and this is so exciting, Heather attended a program at the Kerpalu School of Mindful Outdoor Leadership in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Oh, so with this special training, Heather hopes to guide individuals mindfully into nature to help them reconnect with the more than human world and themselves. Welcome, Heather. Welcome, Heather. Thank you very much. Well, that is great to be uh, here. Well, it's exciting to have somebody who is a coach Mm -hmm. um, in your work. So you actually get to coach people at work. And, uh, and then you coach people outside of your work. Right. And so focused on wellness. So I'm hoping that you'll be able to enlighten and brighten our world around wellness today. And I think in particular nature, this whole idea of using nature to heal us or to uh, connect to source or whatever that is for whoever's listening yeah yeah it's i think it can be a very powerful tool nature yes. i think we, we so, don't even realize so what is your background you you have psychology background you have yes, sports background. sport and exercise psychology and um some adult education as well mm-hmm. and so um, my expertise i guess lies more in the fitness world and wellness world and so um i have like elaine said more than 25 years experience working with um, individuals on improving their overall health so um, so like a trainer so I've done I've worn many hats within the industry I've been a manager I've been a personal trainer I've worked with athletes I've worked with you know the average healthy individual some with some chronic disease um, issues and now uh, more in the corporate Right, health and wellness, which world. is exciting to marry it with that world. Well, it's uh, there's some leadership, mm-hmm. right? Companies who are uh, investing in someone who can invest mm-hmm. their time and expertise into healthy workplaces. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting, and you know, you know, there's definitely a win-win there when we're investing in our employees' health. Um, you know, it's good for the company and it's good for the employee for mm-hmm. sure. So. Yeah, great return on investment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed an impact in the time that you've been in corporate? Um, the changes in people physically or otherwise? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that not necessarily only physically. You know, mm-hmm. you see um, sometimes it's for some individuals, it's just about taking a bit of time to themselves to read a mm-hmm. book. Right. You know, walking you hear a lot about work-life desk. balance. Everybody's looking for that. Mm-hmm. Right? And bringing the mind, right? So those other dimensions of wellness, not just the physical right. part. Right. I think often we think about wellness, we think of perhaps fitness and nutrition when, mm. you know, that's, that's the nuts and bolts, I guess, part mm. of it. But really, I think that the most important part is the behavior and the the mental health and emotional health side mm. of it that that helps, you know, when we're feeling well uh, mentally, then we can focus better on our physical right. health too. Right. So, um, and for some, that doesn't necessarily mean exercise and eating well. It it could mean that they need to step away from their desk for ten minutes every yes. day, and to walk outside and take a few deep breaths, mm. and so. 
I feel very fortunate to be able to be um, and do that for the employees I work with mm. to kind of help them think about wellness in a different way. And, and not just that one dimension. And not just that one yes. dimension. I think it's... Of it's, the physical. Right. To think the wellness is a, a 360 view of things. Mm, it's because broad. there's so many elements. It's, right? yeah, absolutely. It's broad. And we know that it's about mind, the body, and the heart. And yeah. all of those three things yeah. are kind of gives us balance in our lives, right? Mm. You know, we can be... I know many physically healthy, fit people that are not necessarily well emotionally distressed yeah oh, right stress right because right. yes. right? it's not an indicator that everything's great in your life just because you're skinny or fit absolutely right? you know, and so as healthy when we use that term healthy what does that mean yeah and i think i think healthy is different maybe for everyone right you know i we think about it when we think about it broadly and if i you know was to write it down i'd say you know there's physical health there's yes. mental health yeah. and emotional health um, and oftentimes we, we think of only the physical part and we forget about the, the mental and emotional side of things. And, and I think exercise plays a, plays a big role in, uh, keeping us healthy. Yeah. Uh, but I think we can also exercise every day and do all the things we're supposed to do, but still be maybe not have those other parts, all that, yeah. those other components, the, the mental health and the and emotional health. And so, so how did you yeah. become so passionate about fitness? What have you been always in that? Did you have a turning point in your life that you said, Oh no, I, this is where I need to focus. Yeah. For me, it's, it's always been part of my life. I grew up an athlete Okay, and yeah. transitioned. So this, this was a, a an easy career path right. for me. It made a, it, it's made a lot of sense. Now I will say that uh, it's certainly evolved over time, and to me, it's le- it's been less and less about fitness, yes, and more about those other parts that we all were the just dimensions, ta- yeah, all the dimensions yeah. of of the bigger picture and what what wellness really is. And yes. we hear the word wellness now, and for years it was about fitness, and now we hear the word wellness, mm-hmm. and what right. does that mean? And I think to me, it means. All of those parts that has a broader pers- broader perspective than just the physical, the body, side of mind, it. Yeah. and and the heart piece, and um, and so for me, I think that it's been interesting just how, as I'm getting older, and things that have happened yeah. over the course of my life have shifted my focus and my passions mm-hmm. around wellness too. Because you had a pretty major incident happened. Yes. To you physically a few years ago. I did. I did as well. I had a cycling accident. And then uh, three years ago, my husband also was hit by a car. Oh my gosh. On his bicycle. And so that really for me and my family was a huge turning point around how we look after ourselves. And we're, we're athletes in our, in our mind and in our body. And we were, we push, push, push. And Oftentimes when we, when things happen, that's when we have to take a step back and look at, Mm. you know, how am I looking after myself in other ways and not just go, 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 go on the physical part. And I had a cycling accident and when he had his and he suffered a concussion, which really set him uh, back a year off of work and, and some mental health problems that came with that. And uh, so you know, that's where we really started to focus. He and I both on more on the the mental health component and using mindfulness as a tool to help heal. Right, because what was happening after both of your accidents, mentally or emotionally, that you felt like, okay, we're going go go go, and something's forcing us to stop, to look stop, at here. stop. Yeah. yeah, I think that when you can't go, like when you're used to running like that on all four cylinders, all yeah. the time, and then you can't yes then uh there's uh, something that happens because you have an identity as an athlete that's right that's right and And now it's changed or shifted your identity almost maybe invincible like athletes are no question and get hit by a car things out of your control no no question and you um i i think i i have learned over this the course of the last five years that um there is more to life (laughs) Than just you know <laughs> riding Heather, your bike and Heather going, the athlete yeah. you know yeah. my husband the athlete um, and mom and dad and all of that but um, 
you know, sometimes when things like that challenging times come, it teaches you so much about yourself. Mm. Um, more than even being an athlete right. has taught me that, you know, to overcome those challenges, you need to learn to be and learn right. to heal and learn to, I don't know, find other ways to, to be healthy then rather than one, one avenue. That's, so a, that's a great message that gave, there are many avenues to wellness for people who are listening, who might identify with your athlete, um, identity that they might find themselves or other people in other lanes. Right. Like, Absolutely. You know, we tend to go down one lane and, and just focus on that, but that there are other avenues. Absolutely. Yeah. So what have you learned about yourself in that time since your cycling accident? Like what, who else is Heather? Um, I don't know. I think I've, I've really found more of a spiritual side to me. And, uh, I, if you asked me 10 years ago, you know, um, you know, do you meditate and, you know, do you, how do you look after your mental health? And I'd be just, ride my bike and, And when you're on your bike, you're in the zone and and you're connected and tapped in. And it does make you feel good, right? There's no, there's all that connection. Yeah. There's no question, but I do believe that I've had to learn and teach myself to just be Mm. and not do. Yeah. And just do, 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 do. And I think that when and working where I work and doing what I do, it has helped me so much in my job. Yes. Because I can help those understand because I've experienced, experienced it myself it. that yeah. you know, we are human beings. We're not human, human doings. Right. <laughs> I know, but we say that all the time. But mm-hmm. it's it's really letting that sink in and making that a part of our everyday way of of, of life. Right. Yeah, and I think that having an awareness mm-hmm. that awareness is what I think has taught me from having an injury right. that I've developed an awareness that I relied on this physical side to drive me all of the time. Yes. And when I didn't have that, I had to pay attention to other things yes. and, um, you know, take deep breaths and read books and right. focus on self care a little bit more and, just, again, focus on the human being right. and not the human doing. It's so interesting that you say that because we, we just interviewed Stephen Joyce and uh, we were talking about consciousness. Like, Because people will have this conversation where I, fe- I know I feel I'm more conscious in my life. You know, I feel like I've become awakened and that's still a journey. It's not like I've arrived. And we had a conversation around meditation as a way to awaken or to become conscious because... Until you become conscious, you'll continue to act out of your ego and be in, in in that space. So when I hear you, and I'm always thinking, how are there other ways to become awakened? You know, for you, you had to have an accident. Mm-hmm. We Sometimes we have to have something big something happen traumatic. in our life that stops us, and we start questioning life. Right. Right. We had a inter- great interview with Mark Black. If you go back and listen to that, he was a heart and lung transplant recipient. Fabulous, you know, look outlook on life, and uh, you know he had to do this. You go inward when you have these things that happen to you. Why is this happening to me? You're trying to find the answers, and so I think I'm having an aha moment as I'm thinking. We spoke with Stephen about all these ways to become conscious. That Mm -hmm. sometimes we're giving these opportunities. That if you're listening and you have an adversity in your life, that might be an opportunity. Mm, Absolutely, I think the listening part is key too, right? Because we can. We, when things happen, sometimes we, okay, it happens. You, you know, you just yeah. think it's going to pass and then right. you try the to injury. move. You the injury, the injury will pass. Right, right. You move forward, you get pushed back and you push and there's this ebb and flow mm-hmm. of like, I'm going to go. And then, no, you're not. We're going to yes. slow you down. Because you don't get to decide how fast you heal. Right. Right. And, and for me, like I had broken bones, you know, my husband's injury was very different because it was a brain, brain. injury. Mm-hmm. And so the brain injury will always win. Yeah. You know, you and have any control. even if you think today, we're sorry, we're done this. Right. We're done this healing thing. We're going to go back that, How it. much about letting go and surrender did you learn? Because I'm a thinking lot. when you cannot control, I, I like to control things. <laughs> control Absolutely. Outcomes. And you think when you have no power over your healing, mm-hmm. other than to be, go inward and let this thing do what it needs to do. Right. What did you learn about that, about letting go? Um... You know what? I, I I don't know. I think I think it's it's okay to just let 
things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Um, I've learned to be uh, more open to um, things that come my way, you know, like challenges. Um, like understanding that they serve you? Or yes. you're, like you're looking so, to you're like, so oh, this is going to teach me something. Definitely a shift in when things happen to me or to you know, one of my kids, something challenging arises. It's like, you know, I can look at it now. What's this meant to teach me? And I can have that perspective and new yeah. perspective on, you know, uh, this, this, you know, an impermanence mm-hmm. as well that this will pass, you know, all the good things mm-hmm. don't last and all the bad things don't last. <laughs> yes. And that's a yes. good, that is a good reminder. Mm-hmm. And so it's training your brain. I think I, fe- I guess I feel like I've tr- retrained my brain mm-hmm. to understand that you're not going to be able to go and plow through life without there being bumps in the road and things that happen. And I will say we, tr- my husband and I trucked along yeah. for over 20 years before yeah. something happened. And, you know, I have my injury that started the change in me, the shift. And then when he had his, it, it really forced me to look at, you know, even our relationship and, Mm. you know, how much I, my expectations of what he does Mm. for us and our family and, you know, having to, you know, uh, be, have to, having to look after him and, um, and just traditionally he would be looking at, you know, we, I guess we, you know, Sometimes, I don't know, we have these expectations of those male roles and I don't know that um, that's fair, I guess. That they're the strong ones that are going to hang tough for everybody. Yeah, and so through that, you know, know, I dive into coaching mode with him and trying to coach him through his challenges. And um, so I don't know, and even just... Again, I think that that shift in thinking about challenges in life, mm-hmm. that would be, I think, what I've learned most about about it is that, you know, we have to look at what's happening and what, why is it happening? Right. Maybe there's, maybe I am just going full right. tilt and this is meant to slow me down and, and, and think about things yeah. a little differently. I say adversity comes to grow you, right? So you have a choice. You can complain about it. Or you can do something about it. You can get the lesson. Well, what is this here to teach me? Because it's it, it is. It's like you're right. You just bumps in the road. There's something you're traveling along, and there's a little bump. You gotta do something about that. What what is it teaching you? And they're very powerful moments when you go inward and and reflect on those. You Absolutely. Know? And I think I don't know if that comes with challenges in your life, or if it comes with age. Because I know I know I think about it. Right, you get a lot of challenge. I think of the challenges I had when I was younger, like whatever they would be, whether small or big. I certainly never saw them as serving me. I was like, like why opportunities is it? for growth? Yeah, it never. Like, yeah, but now that shifts, but that coincided with awakening. Mm-hmm. You understand, or maybe I'm just attaching meaning to it, and I guess it's however you want to use your challenges. But they there's they're usually very meaty, and you can break them apart. <laughs> Absolutely, there's lots of good nuggets in there. Yeah, I agree. If you can face them. Yeah, and I think uh, that, you know, that awakening, that awareness, like that's what I feel. Those are things like, because I, I do certainly feel like there's an awakening. Yeah. And again, I'm, it's a, it's a process. Yes. Um, but I feel like I have more awareness yes. of what's happening around me and yeah. paying attention to mm-hmm. me and my thought processes and, and even, even in, um, uh, identifying that in other people mm-hmm. and helping them and give yes. perspective on, right. you know, oftentimes we also think that there's all kinds of bad things always happening, but there's always a lot of good things yes. too, right? And we forget about them, right? And within that. Mm-hmm. So, the, so this really kind of set your life in a bit of a different trajectory because you guys have made some pretty big life changes. Yes, we yes. have. Yes. Now you're going to have to let the listeners in on that. So that because, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, we're friends on Facebook and, I, and I've known you for a while and, and I've sat back and since your accidents, like you really took your life into your own hands, like the, mm-hmm. where your life is heading. Yes. So yeah. share, share, that's pretty cool. Yeah. In the last couple of years, we've, um, I would say, you know, since my husband's accident, we've really looked at um how we're living Mm -hmm. you know and where we're living and the space we have and what we and what we have the things we have and really had this you know kind of internal driving force to simplify our lives and 
and you know, what would that look like for us? What does simplification mean? And, and, um, you know, I thought in my heart that moving into the country was where I needed to be, um, because that's where I feel most comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, um, we started thinking about selling our house and moving into a smaller home. Cause you were living out here in Quispe or Ross in, in, a bed, in a nice little, you know, bedroom community, yeah. you know, not with a, all the right stuff. yeah and our kids are getting older and you know um, a little bit easier to move them around mm -hmm. and um and so we were um you know looking at a little house further in the country and that didn't work out and so it forced us to sit back and really evaluate what simplification meant yeah. and that what that meant for us is moving closer to where we work um moving into a smaller space and so we've recently in the last three weeks moved uptown St. John. Oh really recent. And so it's all new to <laughs> us and we've gone to half the amount of space we're used to living wow. in and uh, my kids are sharing a room. First time ever perhaps? First time ever okay. yes and so I've talked my whole life to them or their whole <laughs> lives to them about never living in a house my whole life. I've only ever lived in apartments and I always shared a room with my sister. Right. And so I felt it, it was feeling heavy to me. It was feeling excessive, uh, extravagant, Where, even because though... Because these shifts after your accident really made you think about everything. Mm. And what, what's important. It dials it in. And what's important and, and really... And time was a big thing for me. Right. It, was, it was wanting to do what I want to do with my time, right. with my free time. You know, working full time. It's busy. You know, there's lots of things I love to do. Um, I have plans that I, you know, things I want to create. Um, and so for us, moving into a smaller space was, again, the motivation was to bring more peace right. and more. Because it's easier for you to move around, less stuff to move, manage, ensure, you know, all of it. Money, you know, everything, like there's just so many so things. many layers. Yeah, we're, you know, mm -hmm. we're selling a car, you know, we're, you know. Right. Um, we You're still, really right-sizing, as I call it. You're right-sizing your life. Yeah, and so we've committed to a year, and um, we're going to see how it goes. So far, it's the one word I would use to describe how it's going so far is easy. Oh, so that's, promising. That's, that's a good feeling, you know, to know that, you know, getting up in the morning, I have a seven-minute walk to work. I was going to say you're walking A seven-minute walk, and through, there's some beautiful neighborhoods there's beautiful trees Please. to touch. And there's nature. There is still nature yeah. in the city. There's a lot, and and you know when you're paying attention, yes. there's so much more than you realize. And because I think when we think uptown, it's like, oh, it's like <laughs> city living, yeah, concrete yeah, buildings, concrete village, which is why yes. you were looking outside in the country as opposed to in the city. Yes, and you know when that all happens, I I really believe that that was a force. Mm. saying you know that's not no that's not where you're supposed to be Shift. you know let's oh i just had a vision of you sharing like just saying that because people think when they move to uptown st john it's just like the nightlife and you're living in the concrete village but you are actually you're just shared with me this vision of being in touch with nature in a city mm -hmm. yeah and looking if you're paying attention to it, it's there. Mm -hmm. And when you uh, and you appreciate the color of the grass, when you're not used to looking out your window and seeing the the grass all the time, you know, I have a little you have I, a greater appreciation yeah, for it. I have a little patio that I have a plant, <laughs> and I have more plants inside my house now because I than you a, had before. Yes. Yeah, and you know, uh, certainly uptown St. John, there's like a, like you said, Elaine, a lot of oh, beauty. You know, uh, King Square, Queen Square, Jermaine mm -hmm. Street. All I walk the every all, day. Yes, and there's yeah. some, people's flower boxes and little tiny gardens. Yeah, like so compact. Everything has a purpose. And there's one tree there that I, you know, I've really kind of started paying attention to on my first walk to work when we first moved, and it's a tree on Jermaine Street that's been cut down. Well, cut to it. It's still about twenty feet high, but all of the large branches are taken off. And it looks like it's been a few years since it was cut, but there's new life, new growth, wow. and it looks like it's going to turn into this big, beautiful tree again. And so I'm, wa I've been watching it and 
think that, you know, you think that that tree's dead and it looks like it's going to be... Feels like a little bit of symbolism for your life. Mm-hmm. New growth, a new... Yeah. You know, and... it feel like what I'm feeling, what I'm getting when, yeah. when, when you say that. I'm like, this feels like a representation of what you're doing. I, I think so. Like and, you know, and, and I think I have the ability to look at it that way now, mm. you know, to see and that. how beautiful that is, to, to reframe it in that way. I, Right. Yes. And you know, I think many are walking by and not noticing. Not seeing yeah. that special tree. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I will pay attention Give to it that. a special nod. Every <laughs> I see pictures it. of it. And in the fall, I'll, you know, see the change yes. in the leaves. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing when you're, when you're looking for it. And I think we take it for granted because it is right outside our window. Yes. And so there's parks and just so many ways that you know the water and the harbor even right. just the water and watching the ships and the cruise yes. ships come in and uh it's you know again it's been three weeks so it's still very <laughs> you're new. still in the honeymoon <laughs> phase i still feel like i'm living in a really nice hotel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that everything has its own little space right? well i saw you and this is one of your facebook posts where you're counting out how many face cloths everybody needed to have and i right. thought and so then after you did that, because I love when this happens, I went to my linen closet and I'm like, oh, I think we have too many. So you are you have me thinking about that whole level mm-hmm. of right sizing because you have to fold them because the yes. kids keep using them. Like yes. everybody uses them. And then when the, the towel load goes gigantic. in, then I'm folding this giant pile of towels. Yeah, you use and them all and then cloths. you do laundry. So yes. if I had right, 20 face right. cloths, I would use all 20 before washing. Yes. So now we have six. You have like six in total? It. We have six face cloths. And we have for eight towels and three tea towels and four dish cloths. Wow. So was that hard for you to get rid of all your stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that level, <laughs> yes. how did you make that shift? Like you just dedicated yourself to it? Yeah. So that would be, I would say that's been a, a year-long process. Purge. Just even before you move. So you spent a year, but then when you move, like you, you're going to a whole other level. Right. Like that's yes. a commitment. Six face cloths. I'm going, that's making Dana, me jittery just thinking do, about it. If you right, saw are my, you having a little nerve? Well, or, if yeah. you saw my, uh, yeah, my face cloths and towels, we have way too many. Big, large towels. Too much. Yeah. People just do a little swipe of the back, throw it, I know. <laughs> throw it in the pile. And it makes me nuts. Yeah. But I really, I'm thinking maybe I just have to cut it in half and... Yeah, and we'll you know, when we have it. the space to have those things, you fill we it can. up. We, we, yeah, we it's can. like a refrigerator. I always said this when I was organizing clients. Do you notice that you never buy more than will fit in your refrigerator? So when you have a house that is whatever size, you are going to fill it always. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So when you move down to a refrigerator size house, then you really need to think about what you're bringing in, and mm. it's one in, one out. Right, and what you need. Need and wants. It's just more, to me, it's just more symbolism or metaphors for consciousness, like, or being aware Mm -hmm. of your life and not allowing it to get out of control because things get out of control so easy because you're like, oh, like you have a house and you fill it. When I moved into this house, we had furniture from our apartment in Ontario that filled one room and the playroom was the dining room and we had zero furniture in this room that we're sitting in now. Mm -hmm. And now we are bursting at the seams with four adults Mm-hmm. and stuff and it makes you crazy yeah and i know someone who's done this who sold downside opened her cupboards basically come in buy it take the tupperware do whatever you want and just changed her life and she said it was just so free it is it is very freeing it feels um you i feel a peace like mm. a it's um it's an it's a spaciousness mm. that you feel so even though you're in a smaller space you feel spaciousness absolutely mm. it feels well like, your stuff can own you absolutely yeah and there's things that are harder to you know i don't have i have attachment to some things and Mm. not others and certainly linens are i'm not attached you're not attached to your linens i'm not attached to my linens but i'm attached to you know toys like bicycles and things like that so but those are important to me but um, and if you use that's the thing is do you use them Mm-hmm. And you you know yes you can use eighteen towels right but do you need them you need the bikes those are part yes. of your yeah. so that's where that decision making comes mm-hmm. as you're mm-hmm. looking at your time or your stuff it's really putting it through the filter mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I think it, many think it's an extreme you know change that we've made I and, think it's fabulous and it's <laughs> um it it may and it is I guess when you think about it but uh, I wanted also because often we do this when our kids go. 
when our kids mm-hmm. move, we think about it. I Which want, is what we're doing. I mean, we've done that at our house. And I yes. want my kids to be part of understanding why we're doing it mm-hmm. and to see that, you know, you can be in the same room with your brother. <laughs> and yeah, you're there's a big age gap between my kids. Yeah. So it's, it's a different relationship. They're not at, they're not going to battle. That's for sure. But, um, but I wanted them to understand why we were doing it and that we are, we'll have more time to do the fun things yeah. we want to do. Versus mowing the not lawn. Not just time, but you'll have money. Money, time. It's money, time. It's every, all yeah. the resources to live the life that you really want to live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah. Lots happening. So you're getting you're you're getting in touch with yourself and your connections with your family. And so how the part that I really like to talk to you about is this new thing that you've added. You said it it is a mindful outdoor experience. That mm-hmm. so is it a cert, like a certification that you've taken? You went to Kripalu, yes, uh, which you can look that up. Kripalu, K- yes. Tell us a little bit K- about Kripalu. Kripalu Mindful Outdoor Guide. That's very nature-based. Yeah, so Kripalu is a center for yoga and health yeah. in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And um, they offer all kinds of different programming. As you know, Elaine, you've been there. And it's uh, it's a magical place, I believe, after being there. Um, a lot of, for myself personally, was a transformative experience in a lot of ways. Um, but they offer a program called... Um, it's, it's a Kripalu School of Mindful Outdoor Leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's a certification um, to um, teach uh, guides how to lead people into mindful outdoor experiences. So we talk about MO, the MOE is the Mindful Outdoor Experience. And um, a- after completing this nine-day training, I am considered a KMOG. Which a K-Mog? Is a K-Mog, which is a Kripalu Mindful Outdoor Guide. Okay. And so this program um, was developed by uh, a gentleman, uh, an amazing person um, named Micah Mortali. And he is the director of Kripalu Schools at, uh, at, the, at, the, at the center. And he um, is writing a book called Rewilding. It's coming out in December. Rewilding? Rewilding. So he has a lot of passion. He's a yoga instructor and has a lot of passion for the outdoors and over the course of his lifetime and has had a dream to develop this program to train guides, mindful outdoor guides, to um, create a revolution, I think, um, to help people get reconnected to uh, to nature and how we've become so disconnected in so many ways to, you know, really where we're from. And, you know, I think we often think of us as separate from nature yeah. when we are nature. We, we are, are from, one with nature. Yeah. We are one with nature. And so this nine day training, um, provided, uh, my group and I with the skills to, uh, lead people into mindfully into the outdoors mm-hmm. And um, really tune into our senses, which is another piece that we've become disconnected to the sight, the smell. Well, because a lot of people go in the woods and they get their headset on Mm -hmm. and they're talking on their phone. And so they're really not paying attention to that experience. We're with purpose. We're on a hike. I'm doing my 4K. I got to get the 4K in. Okay. Let's get to the end of this. There's a destination. There's a goal in mind. And... And nothing wrong with that. I think that's wonderful too, but... Just get outside. Right. However. (laughs) Right. And so these mindful outdoor experiences send us into nature um, in social silence. So we're quiet. Uh, We're moving slowly. We're using our peripheral vision to see what's around us. We're paying attention to what we're hearing. So is this what they took you through, this practice of how to do, or doing this yes. and using all of your senses? And so you can teach other people to use this nature right. to heal, connect, all sorts of things. All of those things, yeah. And there's, you know, certainly um, this, the sensual part of it is, is one component. There are other pieces to it as well and tying in yoga and how yoga is connected to nature and... Um, Ayurveda is, is their teachings and we use, so we use breathing techniques. We use gratitude. Mm. Um, 
we use what's called um, a nature meditation. So that would entails, and we often think about meditation as sitting with eyes closed, um, quieting the mind, but a nature meditation or sit spot is where we walk out into nature and we find an area to sit where uh, that speaks to us. We sit and we just pay attention to what's happening around us and become familiar with the sights, the sounds, um, what we're smelling, the touch. Um, and we, and there's a lot of research that says when we do that and we find a place that we can sit in each day at the same time, and it becomes a place for us to go, um, we become, uh, we pay more attention to, you know, the changes in the seasons and the temperatures and the, you know, the birds. And so returning to the same space. Returning right. to the, and the And maybe it's like an that. anchor, I guess, that you, you're so familiar with it that you're easy to drop away from life. Like Stephen right? talked about yeah. with the mantra. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. It's, it's very um, much It's anything like that. I've heard that before, like having a, uh, a chair where you might do yoga or you do the same thing. You easily, it's a ritual. You, you, ritual, mm-hmm. right. And, yes. and help you uh, fall into that space very quickly. Yeah. There's a tree on the... Uh, Cuplex Trail, mm-hmm. and I called it my prayer tree or meditation tree or whatever. And I've taken people there, and it looks like the tree of life. So when you go, but you know whatever, and if you if you see it, you'll know. And it's kind of twisted like the yeah. the juniper trees in Sedona. And there's a spot underneath, and it almost looks like there had been rocks at some time around it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but when you go, it's this place that has this energy. It's incredible. It's amazing when you can find that, mm. you know, and it and you're drawn to it. And I think often, if we're if we're aware in mm. nature, there are there are those. I remember looking when we when I was at Kripalu and we're and we're sauntering because that's what we mm. use as you know we're not Her we're rate. not hiking we're sauntering. You're, sauntering. you're not using your athlete identity <laughs> right to move through oh, the right. That must right. Be challenging, yep. very challenging yes. for me. Yeah. Um, and you know there. There are just trees. There are just spaces that are going to speak to you, mm. right? If you're paying attention, noticing, mm. and quieting down the mind and the sounds, and moving slowly, um, we use a the tec- crunching in the under your feet. Right? We use a technique called fox walking, and so <laughs> we learn how to fox walk. And, and what is that like? Is that tiptoeing? <laughs> so it. Essentially, Being but we're stealthy. walking on the outside of the foot and really softly moving. So we're oh. we're not disrupting the baseline of the forest as well. Oh. So that's another thing we need to pay attention to when we're moving right. into nature. We're not plowing Disturbing through. Disturbing it. We're not disturbing oh. and therefore we can hear. We're not disrupting because the birds will tell the squirrels and the squirrels will tell the porcupines and everyone's communicating that... That you're Heather here. is here. You're here. Right. Never thought of that before, that they're actually probably <sighs> communicating. They're communicating. There's a disturbance. And the trees are too. Yeah. The trees There's are all communicating. The roots. So if you're there and you're not disturbing, then you become one with right. what's happening in the forest. Right. Oh, it's seeing you. Mm. It's seeing you. Oh, right. that's it's, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's seeing you. And it, you're mirroring. That's, mm-hmm. That gives me a little goosebumps. Yep, yeah. Okay, you. we got the goosebumps, <laughs> it's ladies. It's seeing yep. you. Gosh, that's a powerful Instead statement. of you plowing through. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, oh. I think about everybody just wants to be seen in this world, to think that you could go into nature and you were seen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you always had a, a connection to nature that yeah. you've always, like as a child? Yeah. I. You know what? I I have always been very, uh, very connected to outdoors and, you know, my family and we do all kinds of outdoor adventure things and again more with the purpose of yes you know the physical piece um moving through nature but always i've always been able to appreciate it and you know take a step back and stop look at that tree and watch that squirrel and i've always been able to do that and i will say that after traveling to kripalu and being part of that experience i understand you know, as a child, I had a lot of, you know, there's a lot of challenges through my childhood and uh, I've, I've always felt drawn to trees. And after my Kripalu experience, I understand why. And what is that? And I just feel that uh, it brings a safety to me. 
It feels, it makes they're me feel safe. Because they're, they're rooted. They're rooted mm-hmm. and grounded. Mm-hmm. Like your like your beautiful picture right. on your shirt. Right. And I feel that with trees and when, you know, returning to my sit spot each day and that in that nature meditation. And each day we went at six o'clock in the morning to the same place. And um, I, you know, you get a chance to really you know, look at the trees and how are they communicating with each other and how are the birds communicating and listening. And, and I, I feel as though the trees support each other mm-hmm. by roots. Mm. They make room for each other to grow. You know, they, they're not fighting against I each know. other. I use that, that sort of analogy all the time, but I love that you just said they make space for each other to grow. Like what we should be doing mm-hmm. for each other. Allow space for each other to grow. What a beautiful sentiment. And I think that word support, like that's yeah. that word kept coming up for me. And I've always felt supported by the trees and where, you know, and they support each other. So mm. those roots travel and far. They're like brothers. One's holding each other up, and you know, once if one's weak, the roots can hold that one that's weak up from, from falling over. And and I think there's there's a they tell stories, and you know, I think every tree has a different story to tell. And I feel that for me, I've I've never been able to articulate that until my experience at Kripalu. So I feel like I have some words to it, but I still really. I don't know if I still have it figured out. You can feel it. I can feel it. Yeah. But that's our human self want to articulate and describe. Mm -hmm. Well, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like, and you moving into the inner city, Mm -hmm. that you found it. Yeah, I think. I don't know. You know, it just it, feels like, yeah. yeah my... and, but I think that's an important point, though. As you, people think, well, she's a nature girl. Why is she moving into the city? But that is the that whole is point. That is the poetic is beauty. That, um, yeah. Well, we're always talking about how do we be happy. That, you know, you could look at a um, a flower, and that's the, the, the entry point to joy. Right? That we don't need the entire forest. We only need a piece of it. It's true. Really? Like, you know, that, that it, it, you say, you, you know, you've noticed the grass more because it's just a little patch. Yeah. There's an appreciation there that we take, I think we take for granted when it's just there. Because yes. we live, I mean, out in the KV here, like we live in surrounded. nature. We are, I, we are completely surrounded mm-hmm. by water and trees. It's, so it's, it's just there all the time. Mm-hmm. But when it's not there in this quantity. Right yes. to have that beauty in the simplicity. Yes, of it, and and you know even driving out this way, and I'm sitting here looking at that pine tree and just mm. thinking like how lovely is that? Because that tree's like that all year round. Yes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't change. Yeah, and those are the things I think about when I look at trees. I think, oh, that that looks the same in the winter as it does in the summer with yeah. a little snow. Yeah, right. yeah, but it continues to grow. Right. Yeah, and with. With all the resources, just a few resources, water, sun, mm-hmm. some food, you know, it, so and all the same things that we do. I mean, we can without learn so much Without forcing itself, from without nature. having, nobody is forcing it. It is, it just is. I think mm-hmm. life is just, you know, a lot simpler than we make it to be, oh, right? You oh, yeah. Know? Well, I can make a mountain out of a molehill pretty easy. <laughs> you yeah. get yourself in a pretty good <laughs> rant. Pretty good jag. <laughs> yeah. and, and so I'm thinking all these conversations that we've been having. And, you know, with you, with the nature, it's like a reminder, right? But we have this uh, lake property that we go to. And that's one of the things I love about it. Because it's still raw. We haven't done anything with it other than a driveway. And it's like, how do you keep as many trees as possible? Um, and you do, you're in there and it feels protected. Nobody can really see you. It's the the water's crashing on and the rocks. And you've talked in about the canopy of trees. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. It's like I have a deck that's cantilevered because it's this really crazy steep property. But because we have it cantilevered, it's high up off the ground, so it feels like a treehouse. So we have all oh. these trees around it, and it's literally filtered light. So the sun comes up over top, and it's very strong sun, but you don't feel it. So when it's hot, you just go into the forest, and you're instantly it's like twenty degrees cooler, and it's the most amazing wind coming off the water. It feels like you're in a treehouse. But look wow. at what trees do for us. I know. Yeah, I know. I almost feel guilty. It's like, oh, I gotta cut one down. It's like, if someone heard, told me before that they cry, I'm like, don't tell me that. <laughs> They cry. I can't cut any trees down. Oh, yeah, I know. It's Don't hard. tell me that's not what you learned at this. No. But you said they talk. Yeah, you know, I feel that um, 
I don't know. I think if they can give us so much that we don't even realize, you know, um, they're so they're quiet, you know, until they're not when it's windy and they're, the leaves are clicking and you can tell the change in the seasons. I know in our backyard, Mm -hmm. I know the day that autumn starts because the leaves click differently. Really? Yes. And that's amazing that you notice that. They sound, right? they just sound, the, the crispiness mm-hmm. has set in and then they, they click. Well, you think wow. about even when you notice, I know you can say it smells like winter. There's a different scent upon the air signaling us. Definitely. You, know, you can think, you know, nature is so wise. And I think about when they had the um, tsunami in Thailand a few years ago and all the animals were going first to the high ground. They you know, knew. if we, if we yeah. had been like, where are they going? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Wait, like they're talking to each knows. other. Nature yeah. knows they can feel the rumble of the earth or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that, that vibration. But we're not, they're already connected to source. Yeah, and we're and, not. And we're like busy on <laughs> our phones. Right. It's so true. <laughs> it's kind of shameful. It's so right? true. It feels a little pitiful that yeah. we're not connected. Yeah, really. and, there's some, I mean, <laughs> and you know what? The science is there. Yeah, the absolutely. science is telling us that you know, what it can do for us, you know, when we look at the biometrics and the, those physical things that we can measure, blood right. pressure, heart rate, right. variability, uh, you know, decreasing anxiety. And, you know, there's just so many benefits. Um, even think about m- your immune, boosting your immune yes. system. And, mm. you know, we spend much of our time inside and, and connected all of the time, you know, um, they even just even just having the ability to look out a window and look at a tree yeah. can can help us you know uh, disrupt that focus in the computer that we have that right. uh, focused attention yes. that we have to have all the time this this can help break that uh, we need it mm. we need you know f- for so many reasons um, I think we don't see ourselves as needing it it, it, it's just a backdrop. Is that our human ego right? that is Yo, saying yeah. we don't need that It's just a, it's stuff. like a backdrop. But I, I, I wrote about this before. I said it's like God's representative on earth. Mm-hmm. And maybe not even it is God or it is it is the source. It is one with nature, right? So when we, we're feeling that oneness that you feel when you go to the trees that you're protected. Like I just think about the statement. You said, you know, that you're, they see you. I'm like, oh my, that's a, that's a beautiful statement. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, again, I think you said it, Dana, when you said, you know, we don't think we need it, Mm. you know, Uh, I think that is one thing we need now in the world when we look at the climate and what's happening, you know, and not to be, not to be a downer about it, but it's because of the disconnection that we have from where we're from and what we're destroying. We're using it and abusing it versus realizing this is here to protect us, to help us. Well, the trees right. that are keeping you cool when you're yes. at your, your lake yeah. property, right? Mm-hmm. So if you take all those trees away, then you're going to be sitting in a hot, yeah. you know, area that you have no protection yeah. from. So as we, we do that to our planet, every little thing that we do is taking away the thing that is there to support us right. and our life. Right. And uh, there was an article I read just a couple of weeks ago was speaking to that, you know, the trees and how we need them and we can reverse climate change by planting more trees. Right. Yeah. You know, and simple... it seems like such a simple thing to do and, you know, um, simple, but not always sim- easy. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. it's going to be interesting to see in the next few years what happens. Well, until we're ultimately affected. People still don't think we're affected. They're not inconvenienced yet. enough. So, yeah, people are not inconvenienced mm-hmm. enough to do. Yes. But we are having these conversations, and I think people like yourself, Heather, who are t- who are paying attention and then taking this course mm-hmm. where you can share this message mm-hmm. that to to pay attention right. to nature. And here's what even the uh, like walking on the outsides of your feet. I'm like that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. So that we are not disturbing. And even walking barefoot. So, mm, you know, moving barefoot. And we know that there's so much science around how we, when we're grounded to the, to the earth. Yes. Earthing. Know, when we're earthing and, or grounding, it, and it connects us and it helps to break those electric magnetic fields yes. in our bodies. And there's just, yeah. there's so many benefits to that. And, and even learning basic outdoor skills was part of this course I took 
um, and learning how to build primitive fire and with flint and steel. You know, we're so far from that now. Yes. And so when I do that, people think it's just unbelievable. It's magic. That you can like build a (laughs) fire without a lighter. Yes. It's so interesting because my kids have been uh, camp counselors at Hammond River Survival Camp. And that's all they teach. My kids know what things to eat in the woods. Build shelter. Build shelters. They can clean water. They know how to build fire. So even on our lake property, the kids are like, no, that's good birch. You need that kind of birch to uh, start the fire. I'm like, "Uh, oh, okay. And I realized, and they were teaching the other younger kids to do that. So there are little camps that are doing that. And you know what? The kids have an absolute blast because they're dirty and muddy. And when my yes. kids first started going, my Best I think my son <laughs> mm-hmm. was in grade one and he didn't want to do anything, you know, like you know, get outside, like you have to pull him out to everything. And he went, I was like, you're going to this one day camp. I need a break. <laughs> so he went and as soon as he got in the car at the end of the first day, he's like, can I go next week too? Loved it. Has been going every year since. Became a, you know, a CIT, a counselor in training, a junior counselor, and then became a senior oh. counselor. And he did it for a couple of years. And now he's And now he even goes things. back and hangs out there for fun. Then, yes, he loves it. <laughs> but I, I don't, you know, I realized I was just dropping my kids off at a day camp. But I don't think I realized how much they were actually learning. And as I'm listening to you going, wow, I, they've been immersed in nature because they go rain or shine. Yep. And the kids, I mean, are filthy. It's like our forest schools. Filthy. These beautiful right. little forest schools that are happening. Yeah, yes. that's a wonderful thing. And I know the one we have here is going to K to 8, K to 5, I think. And they're like, yeah, year. brand new school, amazing. Oh, that gave me the goosebumps Was it you and I that were walking one day? Maybe someone else. I was walking through the forest. And all of a sudden, I saw these people peek their heads up from hammocks and i'm like what it's not like i'm disturbing these people <laughs> and i'm like i'm walking here and the they, were, they were trail. doing their forest school but they're having their naps in their hammocks and we were like ah, you know yakking along and laughing and it was like oh wait a sec did we just walk into a school <laughs> and it was so funny because you have these little heads that peek up that were kind of annoyed with our disturbance wow, but i didn't real wonderful. i didn't realize they were it was such a thing it was it was a beautiful little yeah school. yeah so we I, need for a school for adults yes we, i think oh we do gosh. i think that's what we need to do is so create you, a school for maybe adults. that's your thing <laughs> maybe that's what it turns into really so, <laughs> so heather what's so, next <laughs> well what do you hope to do with good segue these new these new skills of mindful outdoor experience this guy this new certification what do you hope how do you hope to help people with that or how do you see that well, I hope to develop a program that um, I can take groups of people into an area close to the city yeah. where um, people can have an hour, an hour and a half to chill out, chill out, um, <laughs> go outside and get outside and then go within. Right. right. Oh, get outside and go within. Sounds like a tagline, Heather. Right. <laughs> like that. Yes. And I think that, I think that using, you know, gratitude practice, moving quietly in nature, paying attention in the nature meditation, um, again, not having conversation in nature, just really being quiet. Um, I think that one of our instructors at, at my program said, you know, uh, the forest is the therapist and the guide just opens the door. Mm. And so I see myself as not necessarily, it's just, again, a guiding. Muscle, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's well, like um, coaching, right? Right. You don't have all the answers. You're taking them on the journey so they can find the answers. Right. 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 And then, you know, with, at the end of, all, uh, of every mindful outdoor experience, we have um, a little time called council practice. And where we sit or stand in a circle. And oftentimes that's when we build a primitive fire. So I start the fire. And then we have a talking piece that we use that could be symbolic to the group or something that I've chosen that we use. And everyone, um, and this goes back, you know, back to the talking stick, right? Right. Yes. But storytelling in circles and and we've lost we've lost that. Yeah. But and not talking is, over each other. Yeah. Right. And right. You, you have the talking piece. It's your turn to talk. Right. And what, you know, and just and just, you know, fostering conversation. You know, as a as the leader, you're saying, you know, what did you notice? Mm. What are you feeling? Um, what are you grateful for? 
you know, what are, what was your experience in this last hour? Mm. And, um, and just allowing people to, you know, it, it, you know, it's so much simpler than, you know, we think that it's this complicated thing Mm. when it's really not. And, and I struggle with explaining it sometimes because I think I don't know if people can understand that it can be so powerful without it being this you know what am I getting out of it what are you giving me and and I think that those that come I hope can be open to what the Mm. forest and what nature can can teach them and you know through touch and smell and sight and and sound and and just allowing yourself to leave your smartphone in your car and take some deep breaths mm-hmm. and, and, um, you know, like I say, go, go within, go within mm-hmm. the, the greatest journey. Mm. Mm, so interesting. Yeah. I could it totally is. feel this. Like I'm, I'm tearing up like the last 15 <laughs> minutes and I know Heather's looking at me like she's crying, but I can, I, with every fiber of my being, mm-hmm. because I am so like in love with nature. Mm-hmm. And so the nature in me is getting the nature in me, right? And I think that your, our innate nature gets it. Yes. So as you're saying this and when people are listening on this podcast, they, they're going to get it. Right. Because they're gonna, there's a part of them inside that still remembers that that's where we came from. Right. And if we all can remember when we were kids, oh, you yeah. know, you know, we remember all those things that we did were the when catching we were tadpoles kids. in the right, and making mud pies, and how much fun is that to get dirty? Jillian used yeah. to have the Swedish mud bath in her backyard, and she'd bring all the little girls in the street up who had their cute little outfits, and they'd be rolling out there, and their mothers would be like, "What are you doing?" But Jillian had the best Swedish mud bath on the street. <laughs> And chewing the, the spruce gum from the tree because mm-hmm. your friend told you it tasted like bubble gum. And my father used to do <laughs> that all the totally time. Used to chew. We're like, this is disgusting. He still looks for it on it. But it's so yeah. funny. When I go into a forest to try to find a spruce yeah. tree, I'm looking for the gum. Right. And writing out those big hard chunks. chunks. Yeah. yeah. And my father yeah. would chew it up, you know, so as a kid, he's like, yeah. here, I'll loosen it up for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. My sister and I so used to fun. write notes on birch bark. Yeah. So wow. we would, up at the Cambridge Narrows, I mean, we had that whole, mom would be, you know, like I've said before in this podcast, she's on the deck reading her book, having her coffee and whatever, watching us, and we off we go into the woods, and we would get birch bark, and we'd write notes and roll them oh, up, and wow, yeah. Birch bark is amazing. Mm. I, I'm fascinated by what we can do with birch bark. Well, they used to build canoes out of them. Mm. Right, and fire. Think about it like a canoe. Paper. Paper. For us, it was paper, writing notes, Mm. leaving them. Maybe somebody was going to find the note. Mm. I love it, just seeing how it curls off the tree. When it's ready to be released from the tree, Mm -hmm. it leaves. Mm -hmm. I'm done. You can use me now. Right. Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. And my kids will tell you the difference between the good bark and the... (laughs) Lots of good bark. <laughs> right. Really? I'm like, really? You, you mean I can't peel it off the tree? It's ready to burn? But no, the kids, you know, they know the... That's so and great I'm like, that they learn that. Yeah, well, I didn't realize that. I just thought they were going with my hair for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Having a good time. Bye. I love my children. No, right. but really, you think you're dropping them off for a day, day camp for them to just go have fun and connect and, and you get a break? But I didn't realize it was turning on this whole other thing with respect to nature. Yeah. And they still they still know that to the same. My son has a great interest in, in books. Like this summer, he has this bucket list to read so many books. And and I think he has one. It's like an edibles, like forest edibles mm-hmm. or something. He knows. I have a forest edible Yeah, book and too. He, yeah. I'm like, maybe you should be in horticulture or something. Because we can make teas with different Yeah, barks I don't even know that world. I know you can, but I... And, and then they do different things to our bodies, mm-hmm. right? For mm-hmm. healing. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's right back it's to... Right back to the beginning. Yeah, the basics. The basics and the beginning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So what's your big takeaway from nature or or maybe just people's advice about nature? I don't know. I think that there's a lot of things. Um, (laughs) Yeah, ask you to pick one isn't... (laughs) Yeah, I would say that it's been my biggest teacher. Mm in um in all of the time that i spend in in nature i learn i think i learned something about myself Mm. and 
you know, even if it's stopping to watch a ladybug, you know, like as simple as that seems, it's, it, it's, it's very powerful. Mm. So I see it as a, as a teacher. Mm. Um, and if we're open to allowing it to teach us, it, it can teach us it so much. Mm. Mm. Well, thank you for teaching us today. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Like, wow. I'm oh, so yeah. excited to be able to talk about <laughs> I'm this. Like, like, I'm just bubbling up right now. I like, need to go out and hug that tree. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I, I might do get it. some sap on me, but I'm <laughs> yeah. going to head out there. Yeah. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Thank, Heather. Thank you so much. Wow. I'm Dana Lloyd. And I'm Elaine Shannon. You've been listening to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with Dana at DanaLloydLeadership.com and you can connect with Elaine at ElaineShannon.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and join us for more Soul Sister Conversations. Thanks for listening.